Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. there buffalo bills fans welcome back it's another episode of believe a buffalo bills fan podcast you are lucky enough to have both of your esteemed hosts joining us here on the program myself john boccasino and jamie d'amico my fun other half of this podcast equation talking buffalo bills football the bills are getting ready for their week three showdown of course no fans will be allowed in bill stadium and it's really a shame because the weather is supposed to be glorious on sunday it's going to be a perfect day a late summer contest at the bill stadium featuring the undefeated buffalo bills at 2-0 taking on the fellow undefeated los angeles rams at 2-0 and jamie this is the only showdown on sunday featuring undefeated teams how about that who saw this one coming? The Rams had an offseason last year. The Bills, they were, well, they made the playoffs, but they weren't one of the best teams in the NFL. And, well, looking at the Bills' schedule, yes, I, it's legitimate. They're 2-0. and They didn't play good teams. But the Rams, on the other hand, well, they've played some quality opponents in the Cowboys and the Eagles. They're a tough team, man. Uh, it's too bad that the fans, the 12th man, as we call them, the Bills Mafia, can't be in the stands really helping with that home field advantage. Especially to boo one person in particular, persona non grata, cornerback Jalen Ramsey. I really can't wait to see. And we'll get into our X's and O's preview for the game on Sunday. But, Jamie, I'm, I really wish I could be in my section and my seat uh, booing Mr. Ramsey, who called Josh Allen trash before he'd ever thrown a pass in the NFL. This, to me, is going to be such a fun matchup to watch how Brian Dable dials up the passing game, especially given the fact that, hey, did you hear? Josh Allen had 417 passing yards and four touchdowns versus the Fish in Week 2. Remarkable. Yes. Did you know he's leading the NFL in passing? I, I, you know, I had heard such a thing. I mean, he's, you know, what better way to up your first ever 300 yard passing game by, I don't know, throwing for the most passing yards in franchise history in a regulation game. That was quite the performance by Mr. Allen. So obviously if we are keeping with the pattern this week, he's going over 500 yards passing book it. You know, you could probably find some, if you're into that kind of thing, some really favorable odds if you were to plunk, I don't know, $10 on Allen to have over 500 passing yards. He, uh, You might get some pretty sweet returns on that for those who are in the know. And let's go back to Jalen Ramsey for a second. For those who don't remember, back when Josh Allen was drafted, Jalen Ramsey sends out a tweet that says, I can't wait to intercept this guy and spoke very derogatory about him. 
but I mean, like right after the NFL draft in 2018, why would you pick a fight like that for absolutely no reason? And then when the Bills were playing the Jaguars while Ramsey was there, there's video of him yelling to Josh Allen on the sideline, telling him that he's trash. What What are you doing? <laughs> well, remember how, first of all, Josh Allen got the better of, of Jalen Ramsey, you know, that first time around. I was really surprised, Jamie. Yeah, A, why you would go after uh, a rookie quarterback from Wyoming who has never done anything to you know bother any of the NFL players. He wasn't running his mouth. He wasn't talking smack. He just was there, and Jalen Ramsey calls him trash in that GQ interview. But Jalen called a lot of the quarterbacks trash or garbage. He really didn't have a lot of good things to say about many of the quarterbacks in that article. So, I mean, it wasn't like Josh was alone in his opinions, but Jalen's always been a blowhard. He's always been somebody who really runs his mouth. And for the most part, his play has backed it up. But I don't know. I I agree. Why would you, you know, it's not like you're talking about a divisional rival, like the Jaguars and Bills met every year for the longest time because they would finish in fourth place in their standings in the the division. But it wasn't like there was a longstanding rivalry. Right. And thank you. Um, it was a GQ article. I said it was a tweet that that was incorrect. Um, yeah, it seems like you're picking a fight for absolutely no reason. Now, this week, Ramsey was fairly conciliatory. He said he's sorry that the Bills fans aren't going to be there. He said, you know, I know I'm not one of their favorites. Um, and he kind of was good natured about it. And, you know, hopefully he's matured a little bit. But here's the thing. Jalen Ramsey, cornerback. Four days after Tredavious White was made the highest paid corner in the NFL, well, Jalen Ramsey topped it at what is it, 20 million a season? Yeah, I think he's at least getting 20 plus mil to be the corner. And I would much rather have Trey White at that money than I would Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it kind of goes to what what the Rams have done consistently, which is they trade away their first round draft picks and they've become a very top heavy team when it comes to the salary cap. They have some absolute stars on that team, but they're all making a ton of money. It's going to be interesting to see how things shake out for them. Their general manager, Les Snead, has had some pretty good success, but he's also made some questionable decisions. So they've been fairly up and down in his tenure. Hopefully they're going to be down in week three because I'd really like to see a Bills W come out of this game. It would be great for the Bills to start 3-0 and for the second straight year. Uh, if it does happen, it would be the 11th time in franchise history the Bills get off to a 3-0 and start. And did you know, Jamie, in those previous 10 times, the Bills made the playoffs eight times. The last time they did not make the playoffs after starting off 3-0 and was the 2011 season when the Bills beat the Raiders and the Patriots in dramatic comeback fashion, uh, made the cover of Sports Illustrated, and then flamed out to a 6-10 and 10 season. Of course, that is not the expectation for Bills fans in Western New York, and Sunday's game should be a really good barometer for where this Bills team stands. Real quick, Jamie, I do want to go back because this Jalen Ramsey stuff is fascinating. I'm actually reading... Stuck in your craw, right? It, it does. It, it, it You know... It, I'll tell you what grinds my gears, Uh, you know, a guy like Jalen Ramsey. So here's the exact quote. I just had to punch this up because I want to talk about the quote a little bit. I know we're bringing back old history, but it's timely with the matchup on Sunday. So Jalen said, quote, I don't care what nobody say. He's trash and it's going to show too. That's a stupid draft pick to me. We play them this year and I'm excited as hell. Allen had the upper hand in that matchup, by the way, for those looking back for a little 
revisionist history. And he goes to say he never beat a big school at Wyoming. It was always hella interceptions, hella turnovers in games against big schools. He goes, big arm, supposedly, I don't see it. Now, those are some pretty strong words against Josh Allen, but I think we should really keep this in perspective. Here is who, in, J- in Jalen Ramsey's mind, doesn't suck when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Marcus Mariota, and Tarod Taylor. And that's it. That was Jalen Ramsey's estimation of the quarterbacks that don't suck. He kind of included Blake Bortles, his own quarterback, in that conversation. He kind of defended him a little bit. But I don't know, Jamie, to me, that doesn't really show a lot of um, how you say knowledge of the position. If you're putting Marcus Mariota and Terod Taylor up there in the not sucking category while leaving out Drew Brees, leaving out Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson. I mean, these are some big name quarterbacks that he thought sucked or weren't that good. So I think you got to take it with a grain of salt. He was probably trying to stir the pot a little bit more than actually saying what he really believes. Or maybe he just isn't that smart when it came to his quarterback rankings. Do you think he's really close friends with Taylor and Mariota? I, you know, I don't know. Um, I would, I think there's probably some truth to that because, you know, why would you, which ones stand out of that group? I mean, and, and listen, by the way, I feel really bad for Terod Taylor. What happened with his lung getting punctured by the Chargers team doctor? That, oh my God. What a yeah. horrible, horrible thing to have to go through. Never mind fighting off a promising rookie in Justin Herbert. Your team doctor sidelines you. I mean, that's, and, and that could have some long term health ramifications for Tarad. Nothing seems to go right for that guy, does it? You know, and, and, and you're right. Nothing seems to go right for him. And he seems like just such a great guy. You know, he's always doing things for his community through his charity work. We wish him nothing but the best in his recovery. But, I don't know, Jamie, to me, Jalen Ramsey is a hot dog and I can't wait to see how Josh Allen and Brian Dable are going to go after him on Sunday. I want to say one more thing, Jamie, too, about this before we get into our previews. Do you know, dun, 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 Josh Allen through his first two games has accounted for 804 yards total. That's 87% of Buffalo's offense. Now, that's not surprising that he has that large of a percentage of the offensive of yield. But Josh Allen has produced more yards of total offense than 22 teams so far to start the 2-0 season. How about that? Including the Chiefs and the Saints. There's some big names up on there. Holy cow. I mean, yeah, you're talking about, you know, 804 total yards. He's leading the league with 729 passing yards and 75 rushing yards. Look, the rushing yards are nice, but those are always going to be Oh my gosh, palpitation causing moments when you're like, can Josh slide? Will he get down? Is he going to get hurt? I want to focus. Will he fumble? Can he please just like, I don't know. I I was, Jamie, I was so afraid on Sunday last week that we were going to see several fumbles from Josh with just the wet, slick ball and field conditions that uh, Miami's field was presenting, including that really weird lightning delay. Yeah, you know. Miami gave up a ton of yardage to uh, to the quarterback the week before. What's his name? The Carolina guy who's in New England. Oh, uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Thank you. So I figured the Bills would be doing the same thing. 
I'm going to speculate that they were not running their quarterback because they know Josh Allen has a fumbling problem and they're taking the ball out of his hands when it comes to rushing attempts for exactly that reason. They assume he's going to put the ball on the carpet once or twice per game. He's got to fix that. I mean, it's just backbreaking, you know, the and if that had happened against the Dolphins, I mean, that game was so cl- now granted you get the backdoor cover with Fitzy's late touchdown pass. The onside kick was recovered. Unlike the Atlanta Falcons blowing a 20 point lead to the Dallas Cowboys. How the hell does that happen? By the way, I don't think the players knew the rules. I don't think the Falcons knew that they could pick up the ball before it went 10 yards. And you're watching them kind of block, like on a punt, like don't touch it. And then the Cowboys fell on it. Like, well, we'll take this gift if you don't want it. Yeah. How can that many guys not know the rules? It's, it's mind boggling. It really, I don't get it. But I'm glad that that's not the Buffalo Bills special teams unit, Jamie, because that would be demoralizing to be 0-2 and, and sitting there thinking you lost a game that you totally had in your hands the whole way. Now, Sunday, Jamie, Sunday, the Rams and the Bills, huge, huge showdown. Before we break down again the X's and O's for this matchup, I want to give our fans the latest updates on the injuries As of right now, the Bills have a couple of starters who have been ruled out for the game, including tight end Dawson Knox and rookie running back Zach Moss, who's dealing with a toe injury, and also backup linebacker Delshawn Phillips. Now, that's not the linebacker news most Bills fans are waiting for. They want to know about Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. We really need Milano and Edmonds out there because I am worried about Tyler Higby, and I'm worried about Daryl Henderson Jr., the running back who took over for uh, uh, Todd Gurley, who got dealt away or left via free agency to go to the Falcons. I am really worried about how Higby and how Henderson are going to attack the Bills if Milano and Edmonds miss this game. I'm going to add to that concern. I think that those linebackers really help out in coverage with the cornerbacks. And I think last weekend you saw that uh, that Levi Wallace was exposed by not having the help underneath of those guys covering a large amount of zone. Uh, These linebackers, and we talked about this ad nauseum over the offseason, which is the Bills don't have enough depth. And while Terrell Dodson seemed to have himself a really nice game, and it looks like he might even be able to develop into something, he's not those guys. He can't cover that amount of ground. He's not as athletic as Milano and Edmonds. The Bills need them on the field, especially for an offense that runs so much play action like the Rams and has tremendous, a tremendous underneath game with both Higby and Cooper Cup in the slot. Yeah, this is going to really, Jamie, be the play action game of the year on Sunday. The Bills and, and Rams both like to employ the play action when they're on offense and seeing how the bills handle and respond to any pre-snap motion that the Rams put out there. Make no mistake about it. The Bills can win this game if Milano and Edmonds are not on the field on Sunday, but their chances go down precipitously without their two linebackers for exactly the same reasons we've mentioned. And oh, by the way, one of the big things that the Rams under Sean McVay really like to do, and this could really be dangerous if the Bills don't have Milano or Edmonds, are the outside zone runs. That, to me, is such a crucial element of what the Rams do. You've got hulking tackle Andrew Whitworth, who... Is on the injury report, but all accounts are he's going to play on Sunday. But he and the rest of the Rams offensive line are so good in the pulling aspect of it 
getting their guys downfield and opening up those big blocks to again, free Daryl Henderson and the rest of those backs on those zone outside runs. I'm worried, Jamie, that if Milano and Edmonds are not there and Delshawn Phillips is not there, AJ Klein and Tyler Matikiewicz, along with Tyrell Dodson, this is a real mismatch in favor of the Rams when it comes to slowing down that outside zone run game. Matikiewicz does not belong on the field on defense. He's a special teamer only, and I hate when they have to play him. But the outside zone run is really what makes the play action game work. The outside zone run gets all the defenders flowing to the outside of the field, usually outside of the hash marks, because that's where the outside zone run goes. Well, when you do that, but then the quarterback bootlegs back around, well, you have an awful lot of open field where the linebackers were. So it's it's very important that the Bills are able to shut down that that zone run like you talked about. And, you know, the Bills defensive line is pretty good. And the Rams, the interior of their offensive line is really not all that good. They just had one of their starters go down for the rest of the season. And I'm hoping that the Bills are going to be able to penetrate into the backfield using guys like Ed Oliver and Quentin Jefferson, uh, horrible Harry Phillips. I want to see those guys get into the backfield really kind of re wreak some havoc on the running backs because I'm concerned if if the Rams get that run game going uh the the passing the play action passing is going to be there all day and by the way half of all of Jared Goff's passing attempts this season have come on play action. So you know where they'd like to butter his bread when it comes to running the offense. It's all about the play action. And Jamie, I'm so glad you brought up the, the the play action pass getting set up for success by the outside zone runs. Another key aspect for Sean McVay's offense of what they like to do is exactly what Buffalo has been doing quite a lot of. It's that pre-snap motion. It's putting receivers, backs, and tight ends in motion, making the defense think they're going to go one direction and going another direction. There was a perfect example of this in the game last week where the Rams crushed the Eagles and we'll get to the how the Rams made Carson Wentz look like he was a JV quarterback and his footwork was all out of whack but there was this perfect example of the play the, the pre-snap motion against the Eagles one of the corners for Philadelphia basically was watching the motion saw Bob Woods go in motion and then Jared Goff faked a hand in the direction of the cornerback and did a fake reverse to a receiver who caught a little pass for 21 yards downfield It's a small example, but it's a really good pinpoint example of how the Rams can really use that misdirection and play action to their advantage to cause trouble for defenses downfield, especially ones that don't have the solid linebacking core like Buffalo could if they're missing Milano and Edmonds. And you're right. This we we've talked about it all off season, how expectations are sky high for the defensive line. If any game, the bills are going to come out and show that they are a disruptive force up front. It has to be on Sunday. The bills need to get after Jared Goff and get after him in a hurry up the middle. There needs to be disruptions from Ed Oliver. You need to have disruptions from Harrison Phillips. Like you mentioned, you've got to get all of the guys, Jerry Hughes, pressuring from the outside. This is a game, Jamie, where if the Bills defensive line does not get after it and make Jared Goff uncomfortable, 
it could be a long day for the Bills facing this pretty potent Rams offense that has had a lot of success so far in the early portion of the season. Yes. Jared Goff is not good when he's under pressure. In fact, he's completing slightly over 31% of his passes when he's being pressured. Good for 31st in the NFL. Now, they try to make up for that in a couple of different ways. One is the play action. The other thing is they have a tremendous screen game. They run a lot of screens. They run screens out of uh, play action. They run screens out of misdirection. Sean McVay, their head coach, is one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, also one of the youngest. And his ability to get a defense flowing one direction only to make the play go in the opposite it's really quite stunning. Even Bill Belichick tips his cap to Sean McVay and in, in the creativity that he creates with that. So when it comes to the guys up front, they are going to have to play strong. They're going to need gap integrity, and they're also going to need to be able to push the pocket right up the middle, get in Jared Goff's face, and don't bite on the play action. And that's one of those key factors there, Jamie, is exactly right. Don't bite on the play action. Get strong penetration. Mario Addison had a really good game against the Dolphins. He's got to step up again, too. Even Addison had a great quote uh, to the Buffalo News uh, earlier this week. He was saying how the Rams love to run east to west, but they've got to just focus on the fundamentals and going to the ball, and they can't get caught out of their gap. Otherwise, the Rams will catch their weaknesses and expose them. And that, to me, it's so telling. These guys know exactly what the Rams are going to do, which is what makes it so much more dangerous, the fact that they've done it so well the first two weeks of the season. And I want to tip my hat, Jamie, to the ageless wonder, Andrew Whitworth. I know he's 38 or 39 now, but he is still someone who is so talented at left tackle he could really be a game changer for the Rams, given the fact that they are missing at least one of their, I, I forget the name of the offensive lineman. Um, Dave Edwards is the replacement for Joe Noteboom, uh, who was injured at left guard. So you're talking about the middle of the Rams offensive line, not taking into account Andrew Whitworth. They've got to fill in David Edwards. They've got center Austin Blythe, who is below average, and right guard Austin Corbett, who is an average performer. The Bills defensive tackles in particular need to blow them up and create pressure early on because you're right. Goff, if we talk about Josh Allen being bad under pressure, Goff is even worse under duress. Yes, he is. Uh, fortunately, like I said, Sean McVay designs the offense to try to keep that away from him. And, you know, that's why the defensive line has got to do their job. It's stopping the run, filling the gaps. And the linebackers are going to have to play extremely disciplined and not bite too hard on the fakes. And when they do, recover quickly. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, knowing Jamie that the Bills last week had a bad performance against Mike Jacecki, the Dolphins' tight end, and knowing that Higby caught three touchdown passes from Goff in last week's blowout win over the Eagles, and knowing that Levi Wallace has been a liability so far at the outside opposite Trey White, what do the Bills do to try to slow down Higby, knowing that they might be without a couple of their linebackers? I I don't know. Uh, Quite honestly, Higby's an excellent tight end. They couldn't slow down Gusecki. I don't have an answer to that other than they're probably going to need to jam him at the line of scrimmage to uh, to destroy the timing uh, of the pass routes because yeah, he's the type of tight end who is probably too fast for most linebackers and he's too large for defensive backs. So they're probably going to have to change it up based on situation. I'm sure you would end up seeing Saran Neal cover him a little bit. He's a a little bit larger bodied. Maybe Dean Marlowe comes in when they're playing their big nickel. But right now, I can't say that the Buffalo Bills are going to be able to slow down a tight end if Milano and Edwards are both off the field. I think that we're looking for another 100-yard performance out of a tight end this week, if that's the case. It's it's scary to think um, you pick your poison with this Rams offense because let's say you do try to take someone and, and double Higby. First of all, who are you going to draw in if the linebackers are depleted to double Higby? And second of all, that leaves you vulnerable on the outside because you got a guy named Cooper Cup and Robert Woods who are both excellent wide receivers as well. It really burns me, Jamie. I know it's hindsight being 2020, but could you imagine – Back in 2017, if the Bills, instead of drafting Zay Jones and his window repair operation, had drafted Cooper Cup in the 2017 draft. Holy cow. I know. That one really sticks in my craw because they've been using him as a uh, as a slot receiver quite a bit. And there's, again, Sean McVay, so intelligent. There, and, and I want everybody listening to this to watch for this on Sunday. The Rams do something very interesting in their play-action passing where they use receivers as blockers in the middle of the line of scrimmage, whether it be a tight end, a running back, or even a wide receiver. They frequently use Cooper Cup in this situation, but they will bring him into motion, put him in the middle of the line of scrimmage, while the play action is happening. When Jared Goff pulls the ball back and starts looking downfield, that receiver, in this case Cooper Cup, will come out of the scrum at the line of scrimmage, go about five yards downfield and turn around standing there, but he waits for the linebackers to flow out of the zone before he does it. He is always wide open, always wide open, and makes good yardage on that play. And that is going to be a very difficult one for the Bills to overcome, which is why they absolutely need to play disciplined football, stay in their zones, and don't overcommit. Jamie, that was some really intelligent breakdown. And what a cerebral thought on Cooper Cup and why he is always so open. And you're right, the dude is just like a a PPR weapon in fantasy football. He's always getting passes on jet screens. He's getting it on 
run plays. I mean, he's someone who can, but he can also break a deep ball too with that breakaway speed he's got out there. I think the Bills will have their hands full defensively, and I could totally see this being a high-scoring effort from the Rams' offense unless, again, the Bills can cause that pressure up the middle and make Jared Goff feel the pressure. On the other side of the ball, Jamie, the Bills are not a slouch in any way, shape, or form with their offense. We talked about Josh Allen leading the league in passing, and much has been made about his deep ball accuracy, which has improved dramatically from last year to this year. We talked about this a little bit earlier on with Jalen Ramsey, but how do you see Brian Dable using Josh Allen and going after these Rams corners? Do you see them trying to take the top off again with more deep balls to digs? Do you see them having a combination of, you know, digs and John Brown and getting Cole Beasley in the slot? I mean, the bills have so many weapons on offense. I got to imagine it's really hard for McVay and the Rams to game plan for how to slow them down. It's interesting because in the two games this season, the bills have played very differently on offense Last week against the Dolphins, they were using mid-range and deep-range passes to really destroy, honestly, destroy the Dolphins on defense. But the week before, they were using a lot of short passes. Well, this is going to be one of those weeks when you see a lot of the short passes again, because while the Rams have Jalen Ramsey, who's an excellent shutdown corner, they still like to play a lot of zone. And one of their one of their main focuses is to take away the deep pass. So while the Bills are going to probably try to, they're going to try to press them a little bit on the deep ball to get the defense to back off the line of scrimmage a little bit. I think what you're going to see is a lot of quick passes coming out from Josh Allen because there is a monster on the Rams defensive line. Number 99, Aaron Donald. What can you do to slow that guy down? You know, Jamie, this is going to be the challenge of, I mean, it's it's only, again, in, in this is our third game of the season, but this is going to be incredibly daunting of a task for the Bills to try to slow down Aaron Donald. I'm not quite sure, you know, even like the game against the Eagles last week, Donald didn't have a sack. He got credit for one quarterback hit, but he was everywhere. He was all over the field. He's occupying space. And even when he's not getting to the quarterback, he's making you think about how he's going to get to the quarterback and devoting resources to trying to slow him down out there. I honestly don't know what the Bills are going to do to try to slow down Aaron Donald. I mean, he's a one-man wrecking machine. He's an all-pro. He's someone who can cause nightmares for a lot of these Buffalo Bills fans out there. And I don't know. I mean, does Deion Dawkins... You know, he's had a really good season so far. Does he have it in him to take on Donald one-on-one? Or are they going to have to draw some resources where your boy Quentin Spain and my boy Quentin Spain, he did not look good against the Dolphins last week. I don't know if he's going to be able to step up and handle if they do a chip, if they try to do some sort of contain and slow down on Donald. I don't I don't feel good about Quentin Spain coming over to offer some help. So I don't really know what Buffalo is going to do to try to slow down Aaron Donald, besides having Deion Dawkins play the game of his life. Well, you know, the the issue with Aaron Donald is nobody has really slowed him down. Okay, sure, he might not put up stats uh, every game, but that doesn't matter. He changes the complexion of the game. And while he's a defensive tackle, he lines up all over the line of scrimmage. So I would imagine that what they're going to do is line him up quite a bit over the middle three offensive linemen from 
Quentin Spain, uh, Mitch Morris, Cody Ford, or whoever ends up playing in the guard positions. And they're going to have to double him on every single play. Now, fortunately, the rest of the Rams line isn't that great and doesn't doesn't produce a whole lot of pass rush. The only other real pass rusher on the team is Leonard Floyd. He's uh, he's an edge rusher, um, technically an outside linebacker, but he's not you know he's not great. But he is he is a player that you have to account for. How do you slow down Aaron Donald? Well, nobody knows the answer to that. No, nobody knows the answer to that. In 2019, for example, he had 80 quarterback pressures all by himself. 80 pressures. He's a five-time All-Pro and a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. This is a guy who, if he were to retire tomorrow, he's in the Hall of Fame first ballot. No doubt about it. Oh, by far. He's the preeminent, you know, pass rusher of our generation. And, you know, especially... And he's a defensive tackle. It's unbelievable. It's not even like he's a guy who's generating it through... I mean, he can be split up outside and get the rush on the edge. But you're right. He's doing this through the middle, being as disruptive as he possibly can be. And that that you're right. The rest of the interior linemen for the Rams are nothing to write home about. However, Micah Kaiser is someone that Bills fans should know about, too. He is the linebacker for the Rams who really had a a dominant game against Philly last week. He's got a nose for the ball. He can penetrate and split through those gaps. He had plenty of big tackles, even forced a fumble uh, last week against the Eagles. So he really is someone who when Donald is going and doing his thing, if Kaiser's coming as a one, two punch, the bills offensive line is really going to have their hands full on Sunday. That's why Mitch Morse, I have a lot of faith in the veteran center. I think he's played a pretty solid first couple of games for the bills so far this year. He was a little bit down last year. I think he's had a bit of a resurgence so far this year and the bills are going to need every single ounce of his solid play to slow down Donald and Kaiser and the rest of this aggressive Rams defense. But here's the thing, Jamie, the Rams can be had, even though the big plays, the deep ball to Diggs and Brown might not be there from the get go. I still think the bills can get after this Rams defense and put up points because the Cowboys have done that. And the Eagles, not really so much. They kind of got you know thrown around by the Rams last week, but I'm wondering with the fact that, you know, even in a bad loss last week, Miles Sanders looked pretty good with the ground game for the Eagles. Is this the week Devin Singletary really gets on track and the Bills get a solid run game with Zach Moss out? It's going to have to be because while it's a really fun statistic that Josh Allen has more yardage himself than 22 other teams, that is not how I want it to go. Absolutely not. I want the running backs to really be contributors. And if you're going to defeat the Rams, you have to keep their offense off the field. And the best way of doing that is by controlling the ball, the short passes, but especially by running the ball. Devin Singletary needs to have a breakout game this season and to really silence the doubters who are out there. Because let's face it, the Bills running attack has been slightly anemic. It was definitely anemic against the Jets in week one. Last week, they were actually averaging about five yards a carry, but rarely ran the ball. Brian Dable, I know you're listening to us. Did you know Brian Dable listens to us every week, John? I I heard he's one of our passionate subscribers. Welcome to the show, Brian. Absolutely. Anyway, I know you're listening, Brian, so please be sure to feed Devin Singletary early and often. And offensive line, open up some damn holes for the guy. This... uh, 
Singletary needs to have 100 yards this week for the Bills to win. I'm going to put something out there, Jamie, that's a little bit of a radical uh, proposal. Singletary needs to have a big game, no doubt. I think this could be a game where we finally see something productive out of TJ Yeldon. And I'm saying that because the Rams can be had when it comes to the screen pass game, the angle pass game. I think TJ Yeldon, if he's deployed correctly with Devin Singletary as the opposite back could really, I'm not talking about hundred yards, but he could catch three, four passes, get 40 yards from scrimmage. And the bills are going to need that change of pace to keep the defense off balance when it comes to stopping Singletary. Look for TJ Yeldon to play a pretty solid role on Sunday. That would be, that's very interesting. I'll keep my eye out on that. Also uh, be very, uh, I'll be very interested to see just how much blitzing the Rams do. Like I said, they're more of a zone team, but the book out on Josh Allen is that he struggles against the blitz. So are they going to be switching more to -to man-to-man coverage? And if that's the case, okay, yes, they've got Jalen Ramsey, but, you know, outside of Stephon Diggs, the Bills have John Brown and Cole Beasley, and I see them getting open against man coverage. So there could be some interesting things to be had here. Yeah, Darius Williams is an okay corner. He picked off Wentz last week, but I think he could really be a good matchup for John Brown to uh, take advantage of and, Troy Hill is not someone I'm really worried about too much as the other corner slot. The safeties are decent, but they can be had as well, I feel like. So this is a good matchup to see. Just This is a great barometer, Jamie, for how far Josh Allen really has come when it comes to his pre-snap recognitions, his ability to call out of audibles and go into different plays if he sees a blitz coming. I'm looking at that awesome play he had to John Brown for the 15-yard touchdown when he audibled out of one play, saw the blitz and caught him wide open on the right side of the field for the touchdown. This is going to be a good barometer for how far Josh Allen has progressed through two games. I've already mentioned it before, Jamie. I see this being a pretty high-scoring affair. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think the weather's going to be perfect on Sunday at the stadium. They're calling for high 70s, low 80s, really making me wish I could be there with Bill's Mafia to cheer on this team to victory. But this is no doubt a huge game because after this, Jamie, the Buffalo Bills schedule, we've talked about it earlier. And, you know, everyone likes to make light of how the schedule changes year to year. And there's always tough stretches. But this stretch on Sunday kicks off a brutal run for the Bills over the next four games. They have the Rams. They travel to the Las Vegas Raiders, who are up-and-coming team. They travel to the Tennessee Titans, who made the AFC playoffs and almost went to the Super Bowl if they had had a little bit more of an offensive firepower last year. And they get the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs on a Thursday night. This is a key four-game stretch. How do you see the Bills faring on Sunday when it comes to this really big test, the first of four in a row? I'm seeing Devin Singletary getting going in this one. Um, I I think the Bills are going to probably struggle a bit on defense because while Milano and Edmonds will be in the lineup, I'm not sure they're going to be 100%. Now, that that could really leave the Bills susceptible to the Rams' strength, which is the play action pass. However, I think the Bills are going to win this one, but it's going to be close. I like the Bills... 30 to 28. Oh my God, Jamie, you're killing me. You are absolutely your predictions. Last week we were off by a point and I swear to everything you believe in. 
I had the Bills winning 30 to 27. Get out of my head. Wow. Uh, You know, last week, it was funny because when the Bills got to 31 points, I said, son of a bitch, John Boccasino, he just called this. He's going to be 100% correct. It's going to be 31-21, just like he predicted. Of course, Miami put up that late... um, put up that late touchdown. But for a minute there, I was like, I was losing my mind that you were basically calling the score exactly. Now, this does not mean that our Bills podcast listeners should rush out to the Seneca Niagara Casino and place a bet based on our clairvoyant score predictions. But I'll take credit, Jamie, every now and then for getting one that was pretty, pretty spot on. And I'm like you, look, I, I, I said it before, high scoring, a lot of points on Sunday. I would love it if Devin Singletary and TJ Yeldon have huge games. I don't want the Bills to have to throw the ball 50 times to win this game on Sunday. But again, 30 to 27 is my score. I see Josh Allen passing the biggest test of the young season. And more importantly, Jamie, I see the Bills continuing to get respect at the national level. This is one of those wins where if the Bills can beat the Rams, it's going to do a lot for their standing in the National Football League when it comes to credibility, because this is a real attention-grabbing win if the Bills can get it. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to throw a caveat into my prediction here. If Tyler Bass misses a field goal, Bills lose. Oh, that's a scary proposition because the the rookie has not been someone you can count on so far. Uh, I hope hope they don't even have it come down to it. I hope the red zone offense continues to find touchdowns versus field goals, but... In any event, it's going to be really entertaining. I think Jamie and I are both calling for a pretty entertaining game on Sunday afternoon. And again, win, lose, or draw, the one place you should be coming for your Bills podcasts are the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts and us here on Bill Leave. We are serving as your official pregame Buffalo Bills fan podcast. We are so excited that you took the time to listen to us here today, getting ready for week three showdown at Bills Stadium. For my colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico, we're going to sign off here for this week's edition of Bill Leave. We'll be back next week getting you all ready for the huge week four showdown with the Las Vegas Raiders. 